Great morning, everybody. Great morning. CC, how you doing, man? Good morning, Cooper. How you doing, buddy? I'm great. I'm great, bro. Can't can't complain, man. How was your week? Um, busy. I know lately I've been talking about you know the slow times preparation, but that's gone. Love it, love it. Back back in the saddle. Are you are you crying or complaining? Um, or bragging? I was gonna say like, geez, are you negative or a negative? <laughs> Which one do I want to pick? Uh, no, I'm I'm good. I'm I mean uh, I'm I'm locked in. Um, that wasn't an option. Yeah, I know. Oh, okay. You're just making up your own answers on. Yeah, this. Li- lions make their own. Dot. So I feel you. Okay, great. <laughs> uh, hey Cooper, how you doing? Oh, I'm good. I'm good, man. I'm doing. Already asked, great. bro. Oh, you already. Oh, okay. I, I, I missed it then. Uh-huh. You gotta work on your listening. I do. Classic. I do. I'm. A, I'm. A, uh, what's what's the what's the saying? A selective listener, or mm, something. I am too, actually. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh but no, man. Last week uh, was good. Uh, fingers crossed. Uh, I need positive vibes. Um, man, we're right. We're right there at the top of the hill, man. Just gotta. We just need a little, a little push. So, uh, send your prayers. Uh, positive vibes. Uh, other than that, bro, I just realized how much I hate paperwork. Um, man, man, I hate paperwork. Like, I hate it. Math. That's that's all I'm gonna say. But 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 you got to do it though. We still got to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it just comes down to do it or outsource it, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's what the big dogs say. So. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> um, all right, man. Let's, let's get into it. Uh, today's episode we're doing our uh book review. Um, book was the Millionaire Next Door. Uh, I forget who uh who wrote it. Give me a second. Let me let me pull it up. Well, yeah, yeah, you pull it up. Which will race? Um, this Tom, was my second time Tom, reading this book. Thomas and J. Stanley. Thomas J. Stanley, and I believe his daughter has a book called like the Millennial Millionaire, or like the new, like or the the Millionaire Next Door's Kids or something. Like she wrote another book that I haven't uh, that I haven't read yet. Bro, why don't we get? Why don't we get? Okay, I'm gonna just put in the notes then, and so we come back to it later. Yeah. Um. Yeah. yeah. This it, book. This is this is a great book. Man. This book, man, man, I. Is is definitely going to be on my rereads, my reread list. Uh, just a powerful book. Um, they interview um, millionaires from all walks of life, uh, different backgrounds. Um, I mean, you name it, where they went to school, how many kids, like everything, and um, it it was it was great. It it, it literally took a lot of you know, kind of what we've been, you know, the last couple of finance books we've read on uh, and just kind of put it into like real life scenarios um with people basically with millionaires um but i mean we can we can jump right in i had to so sidebar 
um, I had to call Caleb and say, like, dude, I can't take any more notes. <laughs> <laughs> like every line like I could write down like th- I had to like just stop writing and literally like just tell myself okay Coop you're gonna come back to this book anyways like let's not like try to rewrite the book here in your notes um but uh yeah ch- so chapter one um I mean right away they just, they just start like b- breaking down the the mindset and the mentality of basically how people view millionaires. Um, you know, when people think of millionaires, they think big house, uh, fancy cars, vacations, you know, a lot, a lot of the things that we're told to believe basically. Um, but it's crazy. Um, they were talking about like 80% of millionaires today are first generation. Um, so basically, um, a lot of the millionaires today are, they made it themselves. Like they didn't have no trust, no money from mom and dad, like nothing. They built it on their own. Um, I mean, literally five minutes into the podcast, bro. Was that you or me? It was me. I think, I don't know how, but (laughs) The show goes on. It's all good. It's all good. It's all good. Um, again, uh, eighty percent of millionaires today are first generation. Um, so a lot of that's a cool stat. Oh, it's it's, it was great. Um, but basically they they give like I think I wrote so I wrote down seven statistic or characteristics or seven different things that these millionaires live by. Um, number one, they live below, below their means, which like. If I could sum up the book, this would be it. You know, I you know we just mm-hmm. read the Richest Man in Babylon, um, and like the whole living before, like living below your means, is you, you know you can do it two ways, right? You, you can, you know, not get certain things or, or or buy certain things, or you can, you know, increase your income. Right, and then the well, let's let's actually get into what the book says. Okay, um, okay. About seventy five percent of millionaires have a budget and stick to it. Yep. Right. Yep. And then there was about twenty five percent. Um, I I'm not a millionaire, but this is kind of how I do my money. Is they give themselves a set amount of money and don't really track what they do with it. Like, let's say you make a hundred grand. Yep. You allow yourself access to about fifty thousand of it, and then you just save, invest, do whatever with the other fifty. Yep, yep. And that's those are two ways to kind of live below your means. Yep. Basically, set your money, what you're going to have, or just run an extreme budget. And running that budget is definitely more work, but then there is less emotion or stress or guilt involved in yep. your financial purchases. Yep. more work um and then but then you have the other route so yeah definitely chapter one kind of setting the tone for you know who the average millionaire is some stats about them well then like you said it goes into like living below those means and it gives tons of examples oh, yeah. with like brands yep yep uh yeah so that was so that was one number two they use time energy and money efficiently when it comes to building wealth 
Mm -hmm. Uh, Three, they believe that financial independence is far more important than displaying higher social status. Look yourself in the mirror. Hmm. Hmm. You know, Hmm. Hmm. anybody who reads that, you know, real quick has something that they're like, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Either I have a lot of this or I know I have at least some of it. Some of my life, you know? Yep. Yep. Um, Number four, parents did not provide economic outpatient care or basically um, the parents didn't give their kids money. No lifeline. Exactly. Uh-huh. Most millionaires didn't have that. Yep. Uh, number five, their adult children are economically self-sufficient. Six, they are proficient in targeting market opportunities. And seven, they choose the right occupation. Mm. So that was just in chapter one there, uh, basically yeah. setting us up for the, uh, for the book. Um, so number two, I mean, number one was just gem after gem. So, I mean, I, I don't know if you have anything else you want to touch on. Can there. we say my favorite line? And oh, yeah. yeah so yeah, I read yeah. this, I read this book before, Yeah, yep. but rereading it, um, they gave an example that of people who, you know, who, think they're wealthy but aren't in you know west texas back in the day they'd call them big hat no cattle you know so you got the big rancher cowboy hat or maybe you're driving the big you know blacked out mercedes g-wagon but you don't have any cattle or you don't actually have any wealth saved up um Mm. big hat no cattle you ever you ever know somebody who's flashy but you're like something's just a little off probably oh yeah Oh yeah. The chances are they actually probably don't have a lot of money or their money's tied up in material items. Yep, exactly. Um chapter 1 also talks about they like define different savers and one thing one mathematical equation I really liked is take your age times one tenth. So divide your age divided by 10 and then multiply that by your annual income and that's what your net worth is supposed to be. Yep. And and then they said like if that if that doesn't keep you accountable <laughs> shoot it's man it that example like because I did the math and I was like yep yep put it put it on my goals need to make a couple tweaks make a couple tweaks couple of mindset adjustments I started cheating with mine you know because twenty twenty not to brag or whatever, like it was an awesome year. Yeah. It was much better than 2019 for me. Yeah. Um, so my income drastically changed in 2019. You're like, yep, I'm doing good. And then 2020 or 2020, I do the math and hmm, I got to make some changes or I need to do better. You know, so I, I liked that. I thought that was it just I forgot about that equation. You know, and I've read this book before. Yeah. So I and this is probably dumb, but so. I think like how I read that. So take your age uh, divided by your income or not divided, but times your income and then divided by 10. Oh, maybe I, it's probably the same thing. It probably comes out to the same thing. Maybe. Yeah. It, it, it actually should. And then, and so, and what, so also he added, like, if you want to be like a, I think they call it pro, prodigious. Like, a ch- uh, 
achieving wealth or something yeah, like that. Yeah, achiever of wealth, you times it by two. You times that number by two. And I was like, okay. Oh, yeah, if you want to be a big baller. Yeah, for sure. Right? Yep, yep. <laughs> yeah. All right, so, like, oh. so number two, um, man, so they talk about, I think this is where they start talking a little bit about the family and, like, um, they use different analogies about, like, offense and defense, right? Mm-hmm. And they talk about in the family that the offensive person is the one that, gets that's the income winner right the breadwinner like just you know goes after the money brings the income in is good at that but then they don't have any defense right which is the budgeter the the one that's watching the money that's cutting costs stuff like that and it was crazy how they were just saying like you you can't have one without the other like if you have a whole bunch of offense but no defense you're not gonna you're not gonna accumulate wealth right and they, they expand on that too with you know spending habits later and then when they talk about taxes later yep. as well they kind of expand on why you need both yep 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 um they talk about paying yourself first um which i feel like we've been classic pre- been preaching that um and i like how they said when you pay yourself first you create scarcity right and so oh god the, the whole yes. the whole creating scarcity and the and the whole point of that is to put your mind or your brain into like a whole new realm of how to deal, how to still produce with less. And it's so crazy how like people avoid that and would rather do all these different things to not put themselves in that sca- that scarcity mindset. But it, the moment you have to turn your brain on, it's amazing the different ideas you come up with when you, when you're the resourcefulness, exactly. You can pull out of yourself. Exactly. Exactly. And so that, I thought that was a really, um, um, powerful point. Um, man, I don't know if I talk about this. So at the beginning of the chapter, he talks about, um, comparing wealth building with, uh, your, your, your body, like your, how you are physically right and he he was talking about like people want to be fit right but what are their actions showing what are their discipline showing it shows that they would rather sit on the couch and watch tv all day than to go get up and go to the gym right and so it was crazy because he was comparing that to people's financial situation in today's world like yes they they want to get to a certain level but what are their actions or disciplines showing right that's why since the beginning of time you know there's always some sort of money scam to make get rich quick yeah or to or to make more money on the side right all it is is offensive solutions when in reality you get a good defense, and then the offense will probably come. Exactly. You know. Yep. 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 Because you'll be able to then recognize better offensive opportunities. Exactly. Just to keep that analogy going. Yep. Exactly. Um. Yeah. So, so chapter two, you know, just being smart with your money, offense and defense. Yep. You know, either running budget or creating a scarcity, like you said. Like I, I like I love the scarcity side of things because it makes me grind oh yeah you know for I mean? sure it yep. makes me i like 
putting a little pressure on myself. Actually, like I do and I don't, and I'm always glad when I do. Yeah, exactly. Um, love it, love it. Yeah, you want to get into chapter three at well, all? J- just real quick, just real quick. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but and then um, towards I think the middle or end of chapter uh, two, they talk about a couple of things that millionaires do, and how um, it it came across as a question. He was asking questions. He talked about, do you have goals? And then he goes, do you plan your financial future? Um, and then he talks about how small expenses become big expenses over time. So true. And it was just given a couple of examples of, um, you know, little things. And this was just the example given. Um, so I'm not trying to say if you smoke or anything, you're a bad person. But it was just the example he gave. He like he just made a small analogy like this couple they bought x amount of packs a day right and then you oh the cigarettes yep yep and then you multiply that over 30 years i think it was like it was almost like 30 or 40 thousand dollars that per year they had spent um in that in that window i think it was like either 10 or 20 years or something like that. yeah it was some it was some yeah window yeah. yep yep and I, and he was just saying like just imagine if they would have used that money to invest into something whether it feels like the stock market, real estate, what you know, whatever, um, that money could have been worth a lot more um, in today's uh, in today's world. So I thought that was a uh, that was powerful. Yeah, I forgot about that analogy. Yep. Yep. Uh, what? Or or case study short yeah. story, however you want to put it. Yep. Um, the chapter three, uh, we started talking about. Uh, Doc, I think it was doctors versus business owners. I think. I think that's where they they get into a little bit of um, some societal pressures put on people. Yep. Um, societal pressures put on people who are educated versus wealthy. Yep. Yep. Um, society views more education as more wealth. Oftentimes, <laughs> it's not the case unless they're also playing strong defense. Yep keep that going um they talk quite a bit about doctors just because we can go into it but doctors are expected to they can make good money um most make above average money but they can make very good money and they oftentimes do not have the time to spend playing defense because they're working so much or they're caring for other people so much um they talk about how they're expected to drive certain things, live in certain neighborhoods, take certain kinds of vacations. Yeah. And also, you know, this book's a slightly dated, but they're oftentimes Cooper, you get a good business idea. You have a buddy who's a doctor. You might call him before you call your buddy who, you know, works at a car dealership. If, you know, so they're off, they're targeted for more investing ideas that are probably, not good ideas statistically. Yeah. Um, what would you, what would you add to that? No, you hit it on the hill, man, uh, on the head, man. Um, they, I think it was very interesting how much time they spent in this, in this chapter talking about how doctors versus business owners slash millionaires buy vehicles. Yeah. That's, that's the next chapter, I think. Oh, is um, it the next? Okay. See, you, you aren't what you drive. They kind of keep it going. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um but, I got a couple stats for you if, for, when you finish. So one, one quote they put in chapter is operating without a family budget 
is like running a business with no plan. Mm-hmm. Running family like a business. And that that's just, ba- I mean, again, in this book, I look for things I can do right now with my current situation. And like, you know, reading these books and listening to different people, like that's something that if you're not doing, you should be doing. Um, I bet you when you read that, your eyes just got huge. Oh, yeah, for sure, bro. Because we talk about business plans all the time. Yep. Mm-hmm. And r- running running your family like a business. Key. How many car ads do you think you see a day? Car ads? It depends. Whether it's a billboard, a commercial, uh, something on social media. If you're watching, if you're watching the NFL one day, man, you know, I st- man, bro, this is sad. I don't like. I don't even know. And you're a car guy, though, Cooper, too. I am, but not really. Like, where where are you going, bro? Where are you going with this? So, <laughs> the, they talk a lot about you're not what you drive. Yeah, and they yeah. really go into how, like, they do a case study on, like, hey, the, these are real millionaires. This is what they spend on vehicles, right? They yep, go yep. into high high level details on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in 2021, it's projected that the average american is going to see anywhere from 6000 to 10000 advertisements per day subconsciously versus consciously right but you're they're going to come across you. yeah for sure yeah 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 and it's i don't remember the next stat but a large percentage of those are automobiles because of how strongly tied to automobiles our economy is yeah for sure right yep and i actually just was in arizona on a quick trip and you know like i'm trying to be smart with my money but left and right i'm seeing mercedes this audi this tesla this you know like man you know all vehicles that are worth uh not necessarily the teslas but within you know once an hour you could see a vehicle um, that was worth at a minimum half of my home's value, mm. right? At a minimum, mm. right? Let's talk about like a nice Mercedes G wagon. You're going to spend 150 thousand on that vehicle, just right, right off the top. Right. Yeah, and you know, I I live in the Minneapolis area, and I might see a Mercedes G wagon like you know every couple months. I might run into one or something like that. I was seeing one every hour or so in Arizona. Right, crazy, and what the book goes into is, you know, 80% of millionaires are first generations, right? And there's, there's old money. There's, there's, there's stupid, crazy ultra wealth out there. Yeah. Right. But most wealthy affluent people aren't driving a, they're not driving foreign cars and B they're not spending at this time over 24,000 on a vehicle. And yeah, Let's say you want to account for inflation. Most of them aren't new either, but let's say you account for inflation. They're not spending over thirty, thirty-five thousand on a vehicle. Yeah, and it was like, weren't they saying like, a, I don't know what the, I can't remember what the percentage was, but like, a large percentage of millionaires buy used vehicles. Yep, it's it's more than half. Yeah, most of them aren't leasing. Yep, most of them haven't bought a car in five years. Yep, right. So. Whereas, I mean, little kids. we all know someone. We also know we all know someone where, like, or most people were like, vehicles are important. It's status. It's I deserve this. It's 
oh, you must, you must be doing well. You're driving this, right? And it's just you have to – books like this are so helpful to reprogram your mind. It's so helpful, bro. Because um, like, like, cause whether you're consciously noticing it or mostly subconsciously noticing it, you need to train your brain like, I don't need that. You don't, you don't need it. Or like what, what – and again, it, it comes back to goals, man. Like what, what is your end goal? Like what's your goal for you, your family – um yep does x or y vehicle get you to that goal like am i am i just and man we could go we could go on but like i don't know who had this analogy i think it was eric thomas i think on a podcast they were talking about like if your vehicle gets you from your job to home you know maybe you have daycare and that's probably like 70 to 80 percent of your your drives yep you don't especially you, during quarantine you yes you don't you don't need a hundred thousand dollar vehicle period or or like anywhere between seventy hundred thousand you don't need like if you just need something like that you should be looking at something way less go buy a used toyota camry right <laughs> you know like good gas mileage reliable this might be a bad you know, thing for me to bring up that you need to talk my wife into get in the minivan bro <sighs> When you started talking, I was like, "Oh, this definitely, <laughs> this definitely hit home in, in the in the Walu household." Oh, because it, it definitely did. It definitely, especially <laughs> if you live in North Dakota too. There's there's two types of family mobiles. Oh, only right? two types, bro. There's two types. There's <laughs> the economic minivan, and then there is the big box, big SUV truck. Yep, both haul the same amount. One is marginally safer. One is definitely marginally nicer. But and goal, like bro. like you just said, and yeah, well, how's it relate to the goals? And so and goal. I'll, I'll be praying for you, Coop. Oh no, I'll we be, we had we had, we had the conversation, bro. Trust me, we got some, we got some we got some things we got to work on uh, when it comes to the vehicles for sure, for sure. But it, I'll it was be good talk for you, man. I'll be, I'll be I got good thoughts. I got vibes. <laughs> Stay strong, bro. Oh man. Um yeah, so that that was that was good. Um and I like are we in chapter four? I think we're chapter four is a lot about vehicles. Yeah. Yeah. Um he talked about he it was a sentence he said that people buy things expecting to be wealthy. Guilty. And uh, <laughs> same. Um, and it's just that mentality, right? Like spending before you get money. Um, and that's one thing like, uh, I know like GC talks heavily about like you, like when you have it in the account, then you account for it. Right. (laughs) When you have it in the account, then you account for it. But until then, nope, it's not there. It's not coming. Um, and then he just talked about how millionaires are great bargainers, um, which I feel like is so like, like this was one of the few things that really challenged me. And I'm like, but if you got it, why don't you just pay it? But like when you start to think, like hear the mindset and mentality, like when you do got it or the money, you are at a point where you can like choose what you want to pay for things. And I was like, hmm, that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Never would have thought about that, but it makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, more money, more a little more flexibility at times. For sure. Um, it just it comes down to as long as you have a strong, like a good exactly. relationship, a healthy relationship with your finances. Which, you know, like, you know, our, our podcast is shit yep. building, right? We like building relationships with like-minded people, entrepreneurs, you know, good people. But, I mean, money is, if you look at how you spend 50% of your money, like, 50% of at it least. is always, you know, expenses, yep. at least, usually. Right? So, like, there's a reason we just end up talking about it more, just because, you know, we're trying to, Coop's got big family goals, you know? I don't, we're still, we're still waiting on my goals to come through. Right. But we think they might be big. We're not a hundred percent sure. So we just end up enjoying learning and talking about how people a a make B exactly. Yeah. Keep exactly. more of their own money. We kind of, well, we kind of breeze over mean, the taxes section. What, what, what did I write down for taxes? No, no, no disrespect. But again, the tax system is that is that spot where like a lot of people just don't take the time to really understand it, right? I, I got a tax guy, I send it to him, so true, and I'm good. Like, get all my stuff, let me get my tax return, and that's it, man. Like, when you when you get to a certain level, like, and that's one thing, like these big players, man, they know how the tax system works, and so a lot of them understand the rules of the game. But again, they're they're the ones that get all the flack. Oh, he didn't pay da da this that nothing. I'm just there like shrugging my shoulders. Like I know he know he knows something that I don't know. He he didn't do anything illegal. He just knows how to play the game, right? And that's all it comes down to is like taking the time to really under. And you don't even have to. You don't even have to really be super deep. On the tax system, you could just pick one or Vicious. two, one, like one or two things, one or two things to like understand. Like, oh yeah, how can I take advantage of this thing? Or how the can best I take place to that? start, I think, right? would be to just, um, you know, Google tax advantages of an LLC and start and figure out how you can just slowly incorporate little LLC hacks into your life. Um, that that's probably where I would tell people to just just to start slowly, or you know. Or if, or if you have a good relationship with your, See, with your uh, a good CPA, not somebody who's like, yeah, I can do your yeah. taxes, you know. Yeah. Um. Bet the best time the best time to go talk to them is not during tax. Correct. Season. Hit them up this summer. Like you want to hit them up this summer. Go sit down, have a talk, and just ask where. Hey, where can I? What can I do different? How can I take advantage of some tax things? And they'll be more than happy to talk talk with you. You know, like. But yeah, man, I breezed over the tax thing because I mean that's. I mean, that's 80 to 80 to 85 percent of people. Right. Like no one wants to. No one cares about the tax. Just complain. complain yeah. About the, it. the gist of it essentially <laughs> is people think, oh, I just need to make more money. They just they, they go back to, oh, I just need to play more offense. And reality is the yep. more earned income you get. I mean, most of that's going to Uncle Uncle Sam. You know, so you got to figure out yep. get more passive income, whether it's real estate, stocks, businesses, you know, personal, you know, stuff on the side. I can keep going, but it, it goes into how yeah. most, and most millionaires somewhere... aren't trying to earn more, or trying to keep more. Nope, it's, 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 a, a, it's a different game, man. I'm telling you. 
it's a different game. Um, somewhere in this book, they talked about man. Okay, we should just keep going. We're getting we're kind of going long. Here. It's, it's a really um, good book, man. Millionaire Next Door. It's a good it book. It's a, it's a good book. Uh, chap chapter five. Um, this is where they talk about the kids, right? The e- economic outpatient care yeah. they call it. EOC. <laughs> Bray, Bray, can I get it? Bray, please. Go go to mommy. Appreciate you want to say Bray. hi to Kayla? You want to say hi to Kayla? Yeah. Say hi. Hi, hi Bray. Kayla. Hope you're doing well. Say hi. Okay, Bray. Or can I can I can I finish? Yeah. All right. Love you. Um, funny she came to, it, on that. It, economic. <laughs> I'll pay, what fancy? Getting some money from mommy and daddy to help supplement my lifestyle. And that, this book, this is. book was written, you know, a a while ago. And I think it's only gotten worse. Oh, it's bro, huh, man. Man, we, I mean, I don't know how much we're going to get into this, but basically this chapter just talked about like parents, so parents that get to a certain point of building their wealth, they feel like they need to protect their kids, right? It's such a and tough, sensitive in doing, subject. Oh, it's, it is tough. It's sensitive. Like, trust me, dude, I get it. I get it. Um, so what they do, they, they either don't think their kids can get to that level or they start to think that, okay, I'll, I'll help with a couple purchases here, there, but they end up basically paying for, you know, basically for a lifestyle real estate. Um, sometimes it's done correctly, you know, where parents are helping yep. out their kids with a little side loan and they, get paid back and it makes sense to do it that way you know legacy plays yeah but a lot of times it's like oh yeah my parents are going to help me with the down payment so i can afford this house when all reality you just said it you know like you can't like if you if you can't afford it you can't afford it you can't afford it and i think that's the that's that's the easiest and that's the toughest and like simplest way to teach your kids how to live uh like below your means or don't don't exceed it reminds me of our episode where we interviewed tyler anderson and he talked about how he has purchased duplexes or rental properties for his kids and they don't know that and never will and you know if they turn out to be you know get through college or whatever and he's happy with where they're at and he plans to give them Though you know, he plans to find a way for them to earn those properties. Whereas yeah. if they're not, then you know he's he's not going to reward them for nothing. I guess you know, there's a difference yeah, between exactly. loving someone and financially bankrolling someone. Money is <clears throat> money's money can be a tool, but money isn't love. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it, it's um, yeah, bro. They talk about. They had a crazy line in here. They said, "Making the weak weaker oh, and the strong stronger." Great line, right? And they talked about how you know, parent. <clears throat> they talk about how like, and they gave so many examples of this. And I don't know if this is even the right chapter, but we're on the kids thing. That like in today's society, 
you know, like parents, if there's an issue in the class, um, they'll either come in, talk to the teacher, um, and either the kid will move out of the class or the teacher will be gone or something like that. So the parents, you teach your kids that, oh, I have an issue. I'm going to go to mommy and daddy. Yeah. Right. Um, you make the week weaker. And it was crazy because then the kids that the parents felt didn't need the the economic outpatient care or, you know, money uh, for their lifestyles, they were the ones that ended up being economically independent, right? Economic or financially free or whatever you want to say. The first generation, right? Yeah. A little bit of luck, a little bit of education. Yeah. Yeah, So I don't, um, yeah. Chapter five, it talks about fears. Fears for the affluent people are less than those who get help by parents. Man, let that sink in for a second. Say it again. One more time. One more time. He said, fears, excuse me, geez, fears for affluent people are less than those who get help by parents. And the big thing he goes on to say is the affluent have already overcome those fears. Where if you're getting help from, you know, mommy and daddy, again, we're, we're not saying there's anything wrong with that, but we just need to understand that. It does a, it does affect. It's either going to help or well, it's statistically, hurt. it's not going to help. You know, it's there's always one exactly. situations where, like, oh yeah, like my parents paid for some of my school or helped me with this or that. That's awesome. Yeah, but statistically, yeah. that means that you're probably not a, um, I forget, I forget his acronym, but you're not a, a high achieving wealth builder. Um. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, yeah, so that that yeah, (laughs) uh, chapter six. Um, yeah, the weak, the weak, and the strong. Um, talking about this, this realtor, uh, her name was Laura. Uh, husband left her, her and the kids, and uh, she was a realtor. Um, and she and she just had to succeed. Right. And they were talking about her life a little bit. And, I, you know, she kind of grew up where she was kind of um, parents always thought she was always the strongest. Mm-hmm. Right. And like, it's crazy because then she gets into a situation like this where the husband leaves and it's not woes me. What, you know, what am I going to do? It's like, no, I got to like sell some houses. I got to like be a realtor. And then she like, <clears throat> they come they come across her because she's getting an award for something. I don't, I didn't know what the award was. Some some sort of production, you know? Yeah. Some sort of production award. And she's, I think she has an issue with her airplane ticket that she got for a discount. For a discount. Right. (laughs) I I relate a lot to this chapter because I know someone in real life. Um, Yeah. I'm going to drop his name. His name is Mark Geyer. He's a realtor for Caldwell okay. Banker in Minneapolis out of the Plymouth office. And yeah, yeah. he's, he's kind of, he's kind of like past his prime, if you will. Like he's kind of, he's getting a little yeah, older. Yeah. He's kind of shutting it down. But, you know, 20, yeah. 25 years ago when he first started, he was dead broke going through a divorce. He had custody of the kids and 
he needed money. And he broke a lot of rules. And by broke a lot of rules, he literally, you know, he'd sneak into the office late at night, print a bunch of stuff that he was supposed to pay for for free because no one was there. And he would go door to door with flyers every day for like a year. And he would go to apartment buildings and drop off flyers, which you're not supposed to do. You know, this and that and da-da-da, right? And, and he just grinded because he had no other option. His, uh, we watched yeah. a video that we, you and I both love about The Rock. I think he was talking to the Lakers um, basketball team. Back oh, against back the wall, the man. Wall. Like, there's no other option. Yep. I'm going to – he talked about at times he would feed his kid, kids SpaghettiOs and he would have no food. And when he was telling me this, this is when I know he was, you know, grossing four or $500,000 per year in income, right? So he's he's looking back yeah. on, you know, I was making 20000 at that point, right? And he, gosh, the last time, <clears throat> I probably talked to him about a year ago. He's a really, really, he's kind of just, he's out of it now and he earned it. Um, but he was still driving a 1996 uh, Lexus LS400 um, with over 300,000 miles on it. And this is the Let's guy go. showing up to, yeah, I'll sell you a million-dollar house. You know what I mean? Uh, like no, <laughs> no big deal. So we, so I'm hitting so many different things. Vehicles, frugality, uh, you know, fear, grinding. I love that chapter, man. And it reminds me of my buddy, Mark. You know, Mark, if you ever listen to this, you were inspirational to me when I started my real estate career. Um, so, yeah, I love I love this part, too. Love it. Love it. Love it. Um, <clears throat> and then uh, I don't want to get too in the weeds in this, but they talk about setting up trust, um, just, having outside smart lawyers, things, tax, yeah, basically. So that, like, if you when you read this book, they'll talk about that. Um, and then here they just he goes into like different rules to tell your kids, like different things, like to help them understand that they need to do in life to be wealthy, right? Um, and so I, I, again, I usually listen to this when I'm at the gym. So I was like, man, I'm not gonna write all these down. I'm probably gonna. You know, my kid, my kids got some time. You know, granted, where I'm slowly starting to show, you know, like, explain things, like putting money to work. And this stuff book's like kind of like, like Rich Dad Poor Dad, Coop, where like you just kind of oh, yeah. keep it in the rotation a little bit. You know, you check yeah, it out exactly. every once yep. in a while. It's such a good book. Yeah, yeah. But so some of the things he said is, don't tell your kids you're wealthy. Teach kids to be disciplined and live uh, frugally. Um. Kids should not know you are wealthy until they are disciplined adults. Um, Boy, don't discuss Ooh. don't discuss what kids are supposed to get. And then I skip to ten. Uh, tell kids more things. Um, there are more important things than money. It's a really good Man. chapter. Okay. If, if you're thinking about a family, or you have a family, or if you've interacted with families that are wealthy or think they're wealthy, right? Like you can, it just kind of, you said it earlier, it hits the nail on the head a lot of times. You can, you can find your own little sub stories. If you look back at your life really easily. Yeah, exactly. 
exactly. Um, and then chapter seven, <clears throat> I think it had four four bullet points. Um, being self-employed is less risky than being an employee. Oh man, you want to expound um, first? One street. <laughs> I mean, we we can. I mean, it's up to you, Coop. I'm just saying, you know, like that's that's it, a that's not a bullet point. That's a that's a massive that's, letterhead. Like so, so again, it's it's all about taking control of your life. At the end of the day, yeah, they talk about financial freedom, which and is like that buzzword. Financial, yep, financial freedom. And again, you know, twenty 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 showed just how quickly you can lose your job um you know when you're self-employed you have more control over you know everything that goes on in your business when you're an employee you put that control in someone else's hand Not period wrong. and but it's so it's so crazy what do we what do we you know like a young age Get a job. Go to college. Get a job. Get a get a Good nice benefits. job. It'd be set for life. Get a four one day. You can get two yep. weeks off a year plus holidays. Yep. Don't entrepreneur. That's crazy. I don't want to be no entrepreneur. I don't want to. Okay, I'm not even gonna say it, bro. We're not there yet. <laughs> yep. Get in the weeds. <laughs> get in the weeds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Um, one stream of income is risky. Oh. Um, need, need courage. Um, and then testing your fear every day. So let me, let me back up with the, the need courage. Um, and this was such a powerful point. Um, because I've heard a lot of guys say this, like in, in, you know, in today's world, they say like, you need money to make money. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. But the real, you need courage as well. Like courage is probably the biggest thing that you need to make money, wealth, whatever you want to do in life. Because uh, if you don't have the courage to take a risk to go against the grain, you're never, you know, to go against the grain, you're never going to get there. Right? So, like, you need you need courage. Um, and then, yeah, man, t- testing your fear every day. Testing your fear and then, like, 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 opening it up, dissecting it, like, what is this? And then you just realize, like, it's it's uh what is it false expectations appearing real appearing mm-hmm. real at the end of the day it's just your mind running rabid running crazy um so yeah man chapter seven was a great chapter uh chapter eight seriously could oh i'm sorry Caleb, you got any uh, sorry, I totally just jump. i appreciate you thinking about me man um <laughs> a couple of things i'll add on top is it, it made me think of bet on yourself all right. Mm-hmm. If if you have any sort of confidence or courage, either or, right? Like, don't be afraid yeah, to bet yeah. on yourself. There's multiple stories of people figure like taking risk and figuring out when they're forty or fifty and still leading an amazing life with no regrets. Exactly. Um, yep. And I think I think I'll probably leave it at that. So chapter eight uh, was man like. This chapter eight literally could have been um, a whole book, basically. Um, it kind of gets into that college. It just like, yep. It it, it talks about schooling. Um, 
it talks about um basically what it takes to be a a mil- a millionaire uh entrepreneur um to create wealth right and it talks about different things that you have to have so they talk about schooling and they talk about how it's crazy at a young age that you're you're either la- you're labeled something at a young age like if you're a person that doesn't get good grades um you're labeled as the one not not to succeed right if you're someone that has the great grades good grades you're the ones labeled to succeed and then you go 10 15 years down the road and it's the complete opposite right and it was just talking about like not letting um what what did it say don't let grade school dishearten you uh labels yeah labels and overcoming them make you stronger um and i wrote this down steel can't be hardened if not hammered have you there's a popular video going around right now it's not super new maybe the last six months or so maybe even longer but elon musk talks about the school he's starting and about how you know there's no Mm. first second third there's no grades or whatever it's you learn at your pace your style um and it's pushes hard like creativity you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Because we need creators, man. 100% we need it. And that's not to say we don't need labor because we also need that just as bad. But we don't, what we don't need is, you know, more cogs in the machine, you know, more, you know, just basic everyday nine to fivers. I'm sorry if that's you, but like COVID 19 showed us that you were the first person on the block to get chopped. You know, because you weren't, you or your position wasn't actually um, bringing value, if you will. Um, yeah. And society is going to change exponentially, you know, in the next couple of years, just like technology does. You know, it's just yep. drop of a hat. Things can be different. How resourceful or valuable are you? Exactly. Um yeah, so it just basically gave traits. Um, it talked about uh, tenacity, um, you know, having a, a tenacity, hard work, um, and then being a and being a leader of people, um, and being able to maximize people and resources. Um, again, just just things that all all traits of of the greats, man. You got you got you got to have them. Uh, so yeah, man, this, uh, that's all I got, Caleb. This was a really great, great book. I love books that challenge my mind that like really, this is, this is like the type of books that you need in your life that are, that's going to challenge your thinking and, and basically show you like, Hey, the world, the world's got you tricked. (laughs) It's a, it's a very good book that I should talk about more. It's yeah. There's so many personal self development books out there. Yada yada yada. This is right up there with Rich Dad Poor Dad for me. If not, oh, if easily. not maybe even more important. Yeah, it's pro- it's probably in there. If you if you have like a like a uh, Mount Rushmore, a fi- a finance uh, category oh, sure. or like yep. or something, you know, with how you do your books, like definitely this book is in there. It's got to be in there with Rich Dad Poor Dad for sure. Hundred. 
What's the next yeah, book? What's got. the next book, Coop? Dude, why why you throwing curveballs? You know. Why are you throwing curveballs? I like to hey. keep people on the edge of their seat. It's all it's all good, man. I'm I'm always I'm always ready. I'm always ready. Um outliers. Ooh, hoo, 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 hoo. That was one you picked. I didn't even I didn't even really uh I didn't get this. I didn't get the stat line for I've that. I read one. snippets. Um, I need to read it through full the whole thing. And this is a popular one. I and I haven't really fully yeah, read the, it, so I'm excited. Is it, hang on. Is it okay? Yep, I got it right here. Outliers: The Story of Success by Oh, hold on, yeah. The Story of Success. Malcolm Gladwell. Yeah. he's a great author. He's, isn't he? he's got other books as well. Oh, it's the number one national uh, bestseller. This is okay. it's, this is a good book, Cooper. Um, okay, okay, yeah. Okay. I, I don't want to give let it see, away. Let me. No, don't don't give it away. Nope. Let me uh let me see if I can get a quick uh a quick snippet here. Oh, I, oh, okay. I have a quick anecdote okay. about it. Um, they got learn learn what sets high achievers apart. Okay, I'm already I'm already ahead. <laughs> um, from. <laughs> From Bill Gates to the Beatles in this number one bestseller from a singular talent New York uh, Times book review. It, it just, oh, okay. It's a lot of luck, and it's also a lot of like skill and good decision-making. It's, it's always a combo. You know, there's things you okay, can control, bro. and there's things you can't, you know, and mm. it's a very good book. Mm. Love it. Love it. Can't wait. Can't wait to get dive in all right man anything else you got to say uh minivan man make it happen bro that's gonna have to come for you man like that you know anyways that's that's a that's that's an off podcast uh, (laughs) (laughs) or unless you find a deal man you find me a deal it's a different story but bro it's off the podcast i don't know i brought it up i'm gonna get i'm gonna get some i already knew it was as soon as you like started speaking, I was like, "Oh, we were talking about this. Yep, this is gonna be. Oh, this was great. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, please, please subscribe. This might be the, my last uh, episode. Might have a new guest next week <laughs> after my wife hears this. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's all I got, Caleb. Anything nope. else? Great episode. Uh, real quick. That's why the, our last episode. That's why you don't say stuff about the Packers, bro. Now you jinxed them. It's all good. Appreciate you leaving me like that. Just great way to end it. Appreciate you. <laughs> See you next week, everybody. See you.